welcome to the ninth edition of the Stay Frosty Parkrun podcast. This week I'm going to be taking a closer look at the Couch to 5K plan, which I know has got a lot of people into Parkrun. I'm also going to be covering up my featured Parkrun of the week and looking at our Parkruns and see what we've been up to this week. So getting straight into the Couch to 5K scheme, in case you haven't heard of it, the Couch to 5K running plan, also known as the C to 5K, was created by Josh Clark in 1996 as a way to give people who have no experience with running an achievable way to start. It is now a mobile app created by Zen Labs which progresses non-runners towards 5 kilometers or 3.1 miles over 9 weeks of training. It involves getting a person used to exercising 3 times a week for 20 to 30 minutes and there's also a podcast which you can listen to to go along with it if you're doing it. The Couch to 5K plan has been used by over 5 million people, and that's a, well, a very good endorsement, I think, of the plan itself. A lot of people use it, as I've mentioned, to get into Park Run, so a lot of people will look at their local Park Run and think, well, I don't want to go there just yet because I can't run that distance, I know that I can't. They'll do the Couch to 5K scheme, and then they'll use the Park Run as their sort of graduation, maybe with a group of friends, maybe with another group of runners, They'll go and graduate at their local park run and complete the whole 5k as their final, I say their final run, hopefully they will all carry on thereafter. I've read some testimonials about the C to 5k online and it's ranging from certified couch potatoes who have literally never done any exercise before to people who do a moderate amount of exercise but have maybe never tried running before, maybe who feel that running is a little bit exclusive, it isn't for them. Everyone seems to enjoy the sense of achievement they get by completing the C to 5K plan. And I've also seen friends online who have done the Couch to 5K complete it and then continue running and running even further than 5K now. Even if they don't have the time on the Saturday mornings to do the park run, they still seem to be enjoying doing other runs in their own time. I have seen a few negative comments about the Couch to 5K. Whilst people who have completed it have nothing but praise, there is an argument which says that there is uh, no starting preparation for someone who has not done any exercise before or who has not done exercise for a very long time. For example, if you don't have much uh, muscle strength in your lower limbs and you find even walking is a struggle, to immediately start with any amount of running could lead to injuries or put you off entirely. To these people, I'd say if you're finding it really tough to like actually physically run to start with, it might be advisable to take longer than the nine weeks of the Couch to 5K plan and actually start with a week of walking exercises where you're not doing any running at all before you move into the first week of the Couch to 5K. Obviously, speed up your walking towards the end of the week if you find you're still really struggling. Again, do it for another week. Take as long as you need to take to build that muscle up because you don't want to get yourself injured and then that will put you off because you'll be out for maybe two to six weeks. By then, you may have given up on the whole thing entirely. Take your time, get into it slowly. If you're at that point where you've literally never done any exercise and even the thought of it terrifies you, just get yourself out of the house and do some quick walking, I would say. Sort of alternate, maybe a slow walk, warm up, and then a quicker walk, and then a slow walk, and then a quicker walk. And that's probably a good way to get into the first week of the Couch to 5K, which then does a walk, warm up, and then a gentle jog for 90 seconds, and then a walk, and then a jog. If you do this, you give your body time to adjust and build up the muscle strength that you actually need to do a more sustained run, and it also limits the chances that you're going to get injured. 
There's lots of places online that you can get information about the Couch to 5K and there are a variety of apps that you can download that have the Couch to 5K plan on them. I haven't tested these personally. I certainly would appreciate any feedback you have. Just send me an email. Stayfrostyparkrun at gmail.com if you have one that you particularly prefer. They all seem to have very good ratings. I imagine the plan itself is probably the same on all of them. But maybe there's a, a voiceover or some, some other way that they encourage you to complete the plan that helps with one particular app that you like. There's also lots of videos online, people who have done or are doing the Couch to 5K, and tips for beginners who haven't done it at all before. There are other websites that you can go to to read more about this or to look at the plan itself. Uh, one of them is the nhs.uk uh, forward slash livewell forward slash exercise forward slash couch to 5k week by week. That's quite a mouthful so don't worry I'm going to put all these on my Facebook page again. If you log on to Facebook search Stay Frosty Park Run you'll have my page pop up and all these links are on there so that you can follow them if you want to. There's a printable PDF copy as well at downloads.bbc.co.uk forward slash Scotland forward slash make your move or one word forward slash c to 5k underscore printable underscore plan dot pdf and the last one I saw that had some good running tips if you were starting out uh, www.myrunningtips.com forward slash couch to 5k with dashes between the words there also has some good advice like I say for those just starting out We're putting all these websites up, so don't worry if you didn't get those down or if you couldn't catch what I've said. If you've got any other questions or anything like that, if you need any tips or any advice starting out, just drop me an email, stayfrostyparkrun at gmail.com. I'll happily either refer you or try and answer any questions that I might be able to. I think for a lot of people, the Couch to 5K, people who don't exercise regularly, who have never tried running before, part of the difficulty or the major difficulty is trying to fit something like this into your regular schedule so it can take up a lot of time running I mean it involves a lot of time especially if you're looking at running sort of 10k half marathons marathon if your life already feels pretty full pretty jam-packed with things with hobbies with clubs with uh, going out with friends with work it can be really difficult to try and squeeze these things in There isn't an easy way around this. There is no sort of quick solution, no way to instantly motivate yourself. It does have to come from you. Start, I can... The feeling of accomplishment that you get with completing your targets will get you out of bed that little bit earlier, will make you use up maybe half your lunch hour so you can do a quick run or squeeze something in, or help you find the energy to do that evening run after you get home, whatever your preference is. Once you've done it a couple of times and you you suddenly realise, oh, wait, you know, two weeks ago I was walking and jogging for let's say 40 minutes on and off and I was really out of breath and now I'm actually running a full kilometer and I'm not getting out of breath this is pretty cool that sort of feeling of self-accomplishment and it just motivates you to keep going all right moving on from the couch to 5k like I say if you've got any comments if you've got anything you want to say about it please drop me an email or drop me a message on the Facebook page email is stayfrostyparkrun at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to hear any of your stories and share them on this podcast. If you've got some words of encouragement for other people, if you've completed the Couch to 5k and you want to tell other people how great it is, just drop me an email, like I say, and I'll be happy to read out your stories. My featured parkrun this week is actually going to be pool parkrun. Now, I've chosen this one because for me, this is where it all started. 
if you've listened to my previous podcast, you would know that. But I was studying at the Arts University in Bournemouth and a friend, Kat, recommended that I try Park Run and that is where it all began for me. Pool Park Run is located in Pool Park and actually starts near to the Cricket Pavilion. I used to get there by train from Bournemouth and what I'd do is I'd actually walk from Pool Train Station when I wasn't getting a lift with my friend Kat. It is important to note that parking is not allowed in the park until 10am so if you're driving you can't actually park in the park. If you do drive I would recommend parking the nearest car park which is located at the local civic centre in Pool. The surfaces at Pool Park Run are a mixture of tarmac and compacted gravel. As with many park runs, the paths can accumulate mud and leaves, especially in the winter or when it's been raining quite a lot. Pool Park Run is a lovely flat park run made up of two laps, but as it gets busy they ask that you run around the lake of your first lap, please use the lower path, and on the second lap, the upper path. This way the runners who are running quicker on their second lap can overtake the runners on their first lap without any issues or clashes or anything like that. I haven't run there for some time, but I seem to remember in terms of facilities, there are some public toilets near the entrance to the park, which was a few minutes walk away from the start. And there's also a little cabin or chalet, I think this it might be the cricket pavilion that they mentioned actually, which you can pop your bag in to keep it safe and to keep it dry whilst you run. Obviously left there at your own risk, as always. This is a large park run with many volunteers, the most being 85 and the least was 5 when things were just getting started for this park run. Recently there seems to be between about 45 and 60 volunteers and I imagine this actually goes up quite a bit on their pacer days so that's when you volunteer to run a specific time in order to try and help other people break through a time barrier that they've been trying to get to. The largest number of runners for this park run was 949 on the 15th of April 2017 and this run regularly has more than 600 runners. It is a large park run. Having said that, when I was running it in about 2013, um, I believe there were between 3, 350 runners, something like that. It was large, but it didn't feel crowded at all. I think it was very well organised because they were used to having such a large number of runners, so it never felt too busy for my taste anyway. This week was Paul's 393rd park run. They're creeping up on their 400th, and they had a total of 52 volunteers and 746 runners. This park run started on the 2nd of April 2011. This was a lovely park run to help get me started on my park run journey. I remember everyone being so friendly and helpful when I turned up the first few times. And I even tried one of the paced runs, which was actually really, really good fun, because then you've got a specific target. You don't have to do all the research beforehand and work out who's constantly running at your sort of pace that you're trying to get to. They actually have markers with, uh, sorry, pacers with bibs who have a number on and you can literally just follow your pacer to try and make sure you break that minute number. So the last time that Pool Park Run had a paced park run, they actually had pacers. Obviously you need the volunteer to be able to, I say easily run this time, but com- comfortably run this time. Obviously if you're really, really pushing yourself to run a pace time, then it's not going to be any good. If you have a bad day, you're going to miss it. But last time they had all the minutes between 40 and 21 minutes. So that was everyone running an exact time between 21 and 40 minutes so that you could follow whoever you wanted to try and get to your next barrier to break your next barrier. I fully plan to revisit Pool Park Run when I have the opportunity and pay my respects to where it all started for me.
as well as obviously Bushy Park where it all started for everyone. Now I'm going to take a look at our park runs for this week. So I should probably start here with a slight confession. It's getting to be a bit of a habit. Um, this one's not such a good confession, I have to admit. As you know from my previous podcast, I have injured my foot. I've damaged the tendons on top of my foot. And it was getting me down during the week. It was frustrating that I just got back into my nice routine of running three, three runs a week, two during the week and park run on the Saturday. And then I injured myself. It's very frustrating. I've been resting it. I've been taking public transport. I've been taking uh, anti-inflammatory painkillers when I feel that they've been needed. I've been do- ticking all the boxes I feel that I could possibly tick to the extent that I've actually been late for work a couple of times because I've been using the public transport, which isn't always the best. But I just couldn't resist on Friday night doing my first ever night run. It just seemed like, I mean, it was freezing cold. It was ridiculous. It just seemed like such a nice idea, though. Like Everyone was there with their different lights on, with their fluorescent coloured various costumes and things on. And I just wanted to be a part of it. So I turned up and I went with Jay and I let Jay run off in front because I knew he was going to be quicker. And I did a limpy, shuffly run all the way around the 5k. Now, it's not a good idea. I don't recommend it. And this morning my foot was very sore for having done so. But I did enjoy it. I have to admit, it really raised my spirits. It lifted my mood because I'd actually got out there and done something. I had the fitness level to go a lot faster, but I didn't have the physical capability to do so. It's more frustrating when you paid the entry fee as well. I mean, the entry fees... So it was the Supernova run at the Queen Elizabeth Stadium in Stratford. And it was the first night run that I'd ever done. So I was just really looking forward to it. But you've paid the entry fee, so you want to turn up and you want to have a good time. And actually, I was glad that I did it overall because you get a, a decent amount of freebies. You get a lot of nice little goodies and a goodie bag as well. So we turned up, we did the run got a load of beautiful freebies. Uh, Jay ran in a time of 30 minutes and 2 seconds and I actually ran in a time of 37 minutes and 5 seconds which as I say is slow for me but with a dodgy foot that wasn't bad. So I I actually bandaged up my foot before, put a nice tight sock on and then wore my shoes that were a little bit more generous around the toes, my slightly older running shoes, my Socconis because they allow a little bit more space for the bandage and everything like that and I was perfectly happy shuffling around this is what I did. I have to make this confession because I'm sure a lot of other people have been in a similar situation and been very tempted to do the same thing. If you have, let me know. Let me know that I'm not alone out there. Stay frosty parkrun at gmail.com. Drop me an email and tell me that you've done the same thing and you know it's added a week on your recovery time, but it was worth it. <laughs> all right, moving swiftly on to our park run this week. So we all went to South Norwood, and when I say I, we all, so my sister, Nikki, went to South Norwood, and she ran, it was absolutely freezing today, I have to say, she ran in her scarf and her hat, and I certainly don't blame her, in a time of 26 minutes and 11 seconds, so kudos Nikki, that's a very good run. Also today, I'd like a drum roll here please. Dylan, so... Welcome to the Parkrun family. Dylan is my sister's partner and he came along to the Parkrun today in the freezing cold early in the morning and he ran under 32 minutes. I would just say, like to say a big congratulations to Dylan. He didn't have a barcode so he didn't actually get a time. I think he may have forgotten to take a finishing token at the end so he didn't even get an unknown slot. But I guarantee he was there, I saw him, he ran, he did the whole thing. Well done Dylan. Jay, he didn't run today because he did the supernova run last night he felt it might be pushing himself a little bit too hard to do two 5ks over two days 
So Jay, in a fit of Halloween merriness, decided to dress up as the Grim Reaper. Pictures are going to follow on the Facebook page. Pop on there to have a little look. He volunteered to be the tail walker today, and he did the whole run in a time of 58 minutes and 23 seconds. Which isn't bad, considering he was with uh, Limpy here. I myself, I limped around with death, and I did it in a time of 56 minutes and 58 seconds. I want to offer a small apology here. The parkrun team, the volunteers, they're always fantastic. They're always so patient. But it was a very, very cold day, and I was the last runner, inverted commas, across the line. I did keep them waiting, so sorry guys, I promise I won't do that again. Off the back of that though, uh, because it's getting so cold now, I'm starting to put more and more layers on when I'm running. Today I just walked, so I actually I wore my running jacket and then I wore my regular jacket over the top. I had two hats, two scarves, I pretty much went full out, like warmed up. I didn't have any gloves though, and I'm thinking like my fingers always get really cold, but it's quite frustrating when you run because at a certain point you normally warm up, like even your hands, even your extremities warm up at a certain point if you're running hard enough, unless you have very poor circulation, in which case wear gloves, I certainly recommend that. But what I'm going to do, I'm, I'm also quite an avid knitter as well as normally when I'm not wounded, being a, a runner, I'm also an avid knitter, so I'm going to try and knit myself, and again recommend here if you've got anything similar, some long cuffs, so basically a tube with a hole in it for your thumb that you can wrap over your hand and then if you get too hot you can sort of peel them back over your sleeve so they're on your forearm and, they don't, and they're not sort of impeding you or getting in the way. Because I, I like to have gloves on but I do remember running with gloves before and I found it frustrating when, when my hands start to get too hot and start to get a bit sweaty and I've got no pockets or nowhere to put them. So I'm going to experiment by knitting a pair of knitted cuffs and I'll, when I'm well again or when my foot is mended again I'm going to um, run in these and let you know how I get on, see if they're any good. And if they're good, I recommend them. I'm not trying to sell them, I'm just going <laughs> to recommend them or recommend you try and knit a pair yourself, which would be great. I'm certainly happy to lend tips on knitting, that's something else I'm quite keen on. Alright, I think that about wraps it up for everything that I was planning to say this week. So, with my foot still healing, I've decided that it's going to be a good opportunity to do my part two of my volunteering podcast. I'm going to look at some of the other volunteering roles in a little more detail like I did with part one and cover them in more depth because I think next week I'm going to have to volunteer. I don't think this is going to heal in a week now, certainly not now I've been running on it. All that remains to say is thank you very much for listening. Stay frosty park runners. I hope you all have a fantastic week. I hope you've all had fantastic park runs or volunteering experiences and I will see you next week. Oh, my God.